So Erica and Andrew had a getaway this weekend. No, don't say it like that. Erica and Andrew did not have a getaway this weekend. Erica and Andrew went somewhere this weekend with other people. <laughs> um, Andrew and his girlfriend brought Erica in and they had a lover's weekend <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. With Paul. No, they visited Paul. They didn't invite me, quite frankly. They didn't invite me. Okay, that's just, that's just the, the fact and the truth. And ne- neither was Maggie. We were just left out of the group chat. Actually, we weren't. It was talked about in front of our face, but we just weren't invited to Columbus, Ohio. And normally I don't care that I'm not invited to Ohio. And I actually still don't care. I just want to be mad about something today. <laughs> it was a really lovely, low-key time. Even though my weekend felt more Ohio-y than yours, I went I went horseback riding and then to a Luke Combe concert. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think Ohio's that country girl. Anyway, how was your weekend? They saw Paul, if you remember him. He formerly was on this podcast and now he's dead. <laughs> Paul is not dead. He's very much alive. Oh, mostly alive. It was really fun. I feel like it was very like low key compared to other weekends we've gone to Columbus, aka. Yeah, because I wasn't there. Honestly, yeah, Kirk, to be like. (laughs) (laughs) No one woke up still drunk. Well, I woke up still high the one morning. That's that's for sure. I hate that. No, actually, I kind of like it. It kind of feels nice. Not when you're riding a horse. That was me on Saturday. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that, that there's an update right there. After saying that you would never ride a horse. Oh yeah. No, I said <gasps> I would never do ketamine, but that was not my first time. But I went to text my dad pictures of me and my nieces on the horses, and I was like, I I'm gonna wait. So I didn't. <laughs> you you were worried that you would bring up past trauma. Yeah, which is the last thing he needs. So I rode a horse. Wait. So what did you ride this weekend, Andrew in Ohio? Damien. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Oh my I god, we didn't kidding. even see him. I am kidding. Where did you go? What did you do? We actually just stayed together yeah i didn't think you would leave each other on when you were visiting paul well we didn't we didn't (laughs) hang out with the normal oh you just stayed with paul and you saw barbie yes so like the first hour of this event was like a beer tasting oh and they literally go around and you try all these no that was like two hours wait so the barbie so you went to the movie theater and there was a beer tasting at the movie theater yes yes so apparently the this movie theater does these sorts of events Cool. Fairly frequently, but it was still a little bit slipshod. Anyway, there's a beer tasting that happens before. But like, as Andrew said, it, it wasn't disorganized, but it also didn't flow very well. Oh. And then there is like one beer that I think was just universally bad. Like, I'd never seen an entire room agree. The entire theater. Bud revolted. Light. Was it Bud Light? I don't know. What, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I genuinely would have preferred Bud Light. I'm kidding. We like Bud Light in this house. Do we know? Oh, yeah. Anyway, what did you think about Barbie? Enough of the beer. Oh, it was so good. I mean, it was my second time seeing it, but... Barbie was fantastic. It was so good. Oh, right. You saw it already. Love it. Yeah. 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 I am ready to kill all men now after seeing it. Me too. Yes. I really loved how anti-mother it was, because if there's one thing I hate, it's the traditional family. Was it anti-mother? No, not even in the slightest. Oh, yeah. uh, I was like, no. That's what all the fucking right-wing dipshits are saying. Oh, they're saying it's anti- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely about a mother, actually. You know what I do when I see something that I don't like or don't enjoy? I immediately go to YouTube and post a 45-minute video of me ranting about it. Bro, thank you. That's kind of what we're doing here. (laughs) Damn, Kirk. (laughs) I'm sure everyone has seen Barbie by the time they're listening to this. Um, And if you've chosen to listen to this podcast over seeing Barbie, then thank you. But my one critique would have been I loved it, but I would have taken like eight minutes out of the Ken stuff. I feel like the fight scene was too long. 
the like there was just a lot like it was just too much Ken even though I think Ryan Gosling killed it and was deserves yes. all appraisal and awards for what he did with the role that literally didn't need anything done to it and did incredible stuff with it but anyway I would have taken some of the men out which is quite ironic because today we're talking about men and how we need to take them all out literally <laughs> speaking about men and how horrible they can be straight men white men well actually I don't know some of these could no one of the guys talking about that is not white um, but, and they gave, they gave him to me. So I'm going to look like the racist. In this. Uh, Cause we're going to be talking about straight men's problematic texts to their girlfriends and how this has become an epidemic that is falling all over our social media feeds. What would Ken text Barbie? I think he would just be like, hi Barbie. Like, I think he's just a, a little sweet angel. If I see that hi Barbie thing on, on Instagram anymore, like the, the, the I know. sound. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. People are like me. I'm like, it's not one of them is original. They suck. I feel like anytime anything becomes a sound, I'm just like, I will have to listen to this every I single know. day for the next three weeks. Which Ken are we talking about? Yeah, like Mojo Dojo Casa yeah. House? Or? Yeah, then you know for a fact that he would be texting her late at night trying to get some kind of emotional support out of her, but not listening to her when she texts him something that she wants him to listen to. Because yeah. we know men, men want mothers. But they don't want to talk to their mother. An iconic Andrew Barr. I literally, (laughs) some of his only good work, honestly. Let's enter into the hellscape that is straight men. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to start this episode with a reading from the Hottie Bible. We will be reading from the gospel according to Megan, verse six. Man, you knew I was a player before you met me. Need to relax. You know that you gonna hate me if I get to playing, get back. I ain't turning to no bad bitch when you met me, boy. I've been that. You trying to make me something that I ain't and I ain't with that, nah. Girls gazing days of the hot girl church. The hot girl coach implores us to remind these bums that a bad bitch will be a bad bitch, regardless of a man's presence in their lives. Today's sermon will focus on the many ways in which the enemy can try to knock a bad bitch off their throne. We see it in everyday news. Hot girls all around the country are under attack by those who follow false prophets like Andrew Tate and Ben Shapiro. Oh. They're going to say Andrew. Girl, ain't nobody following him. (laughs) These dickheads will use tools for manipulation like toxic therapy, speech, and public shaming to try to turn a bad bitch into a sad bitch. I come to you as a humble steward of the word to show you that no matter how hard the enemy tries, we will not be defeated by a man who can't afford you. At the root of all this is one simple thing, toxic masculinity. The insecurity that comes from a soft jawline and a Charlie Brown hairline is dangerous for those who don't know the word. (laughs) Let me be your guide as we embark on this spiritual journey. Let the congregation jump into the hellscape. Hallelujah. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) 
2022, Jonah Hill released a Netflix documentary titled Stutz that follows Hill's friend and therapist Phil Stutz. The documentary is honestly really good, and throughout the film, we see a more vulnerable side of Jonah Hill as he talks about the impacts his life experiences have on his mental health. It is incredibly well executed and even gives therapy advice that can be useful to viewers. So imagine the internet shock when a series of messages between Hill and his ex-girlfriend Sarah Brady were posted by Sarah on her Instagram. In these text messages, Hill states that if they want to continue their relationship, she should respect his boundaries. A man using his platform to shed light on mental health and setting boundaries sounds pretty healthy, right? Well, if you mean healthy in the same way Mitch McConnell is totally healthy and fine. If he's dead by the time we release this, then thoughts and prayers. Jonah Hill set totally chill and normal boundaries like requesting that his professional surfer girlfriend stop posting bikini pictures, stop surfing with men, and only pursue relationships he approves of. This idea of using therapy speech as a means of gaslighting and manipulation isn't new, but it is certainly on the rise. There's a pretty fine line between actual therapy advice and whatever the fuck Jonah Hill was trying to do. And I know you've both been in therapy sessions. <laughs> Why is the use of toxic therapy speech on the rise? And what are your thoughts on people who use it as a manipulation tactic? I hate to be that like person over and over again. I feel like this is the second or third episode in a row that I brought this up. But like, I think it is social media and that people have access to therapy speech that they didn't before. Um, because, you know, rightfully so, there are people who are going on TikTok or Instagram who are professionals in the field who are offering whatever advice you can fit into the one, three, 10 minute um, kind of allotment that TikTok gives you. And I think combined with that, you have this rise of, you know, incel culture, which I know Andrew has been keen to his entire life. But that's to say that you have this combination of the actual language kind of reaching a greater audience. But then on the other end, you have this combination of people who make money off of helping men, quote unquote, control women. Um, so I think it's almost like a perfect storm of two movements within social media that just found this like God awful intersection. And then I also think men are starting to realize that like, we just don't want to date people who don't fucking go to therapy. So they just kind of like lie about going to therapy and then we're stuck with this. I think we all know who Jonah Hill is. He is a, a very good actor. I mean, we talked about a really good actor last week who uh, turns out uh, was not such a great guy. And that seems to be kind of the case here, although not to that extreme. Jonah Hill started as a pretty young actor. I think Superbad was one of his first mainstream movies. And he's been in a string of absolute hits and honestly culturally iconic films everything from super bad to wolf of wall street war dogs don't look up he's also someone who has been in hollywood with a non-hollywood type of body and look just about him generally he, i mean i think for all intents and purposes he could be considered a leading man but he doesn't have that leading man look about him, which is totally fine. And I know he has had a lot of issues with interviews where interviewees have poked fun at him to his face about his weight or asked him inappropriate questions about it. So I think there is a lot of, you know, baggage there for Jonah Hill. 
someone working in this industry that idolizes this perfect look and feel. I mean, that's the whole thing about Hollywood. He starts going to therapy. Great. Everybody should go to therapy. And I think it's become a whole lot more acceptable to go to therapy. But, you know, there is this thing going on with him where he is using what he has learned in therapy and weaponizing it against his ex-girlfriend while they were together in their relationship. It's hard to tell, you know, we can't know if he's doing it on purpose or he was already a manipulative type of person and he just got more tools to put in his toolbox of manipulation. When Sarah Brady posted all these things on her Instagram stories, uh, a lot of them went viral, were picked up by all kinds of news outlets and published. Um, the one in particular that everyone latched onto was this long list of what Jonah Hill called boundaries that he sent to his girlfriend, Sarah. He said, plain and simple, if you need surfing with men, boundary lists, inappropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, have friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or a coffee or something respectful I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it, and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. So I don't think we need to go through all the other text messages because this is the most emblematic of what's going on here. You mentioned the boundaries thing, which I think was like the funniest thing because he said these are boundaries. And like he, he was putting boundaries, but by putting boundaries, he was like doing quite the opposite. <laughs> it was like telling telling this woman how to, to be as a human, the, the, therefore like crossing her boundaries, I'm sure. <laughs> so I started going to therapy probably four years ago and I no longer go to Erica's point. No, um, I, I, I need to find her a therapist, but I'm fixed. So I don't need to go. Like my first like, introduction to therapy was my dad used to go. And this might be a hot take, but I think that when men, and maybe more than just men, but I think it might happen more with men because you see this stuff happen a lot where men um, use therapy speech maybe more than women. I don't know if that's true. We could look up the stat. But anyway, this idea of therapy speech is if you are a person and you think you need therapy, which I think everyone does, and you go to a therapist and that therapist isn't great, which happens, like there can be a therapist that's not great. And you are going to tell the therapist like what you want to tell the therapist. And if the therapist isn't great at their job, they're only going to see the surface level of what you're telling them. So if a man like this is going in and telling him that his girlfriend is doing X, Y, Z, and then the therapist is really not that great and is just going to agree with the guy or only take for face value what the guy is saying and then give him or the person ways to get a, to work through it or work around it or to go back to the subject and give their opinion, it's going to come out like this. It's really tough, right? Like we never know what happens in a therapy session. And I think that is what's so almost frustrating about this situation is that this is all conjecture, right? We can only assume whether or not this was something that his therapist said, which to be honest, I haven't seen the documentary personally, but I mean, it sounds like his therapist was very well respected, but I also think that it's one of those things where like you could tell people the same thing a hundred different ways and they're going to still interpret it the, the way that they should. And I think for me, the biggest red flag is when we talk boundaries, boundaries are abstract, right? Boundaries shouldn't be so specific to a person, especially if they're your boundaries, because the way that it should work is my boundary, for example, is I don't let bitches like Kirk talk over me. 
Like that's too specific and that's targeted towards one specific person. Whereas a greater boundary is if someone tries to talk over me, that is where I say, let me pull out of this conversation or, or this isn't a fruitful conversation. So I think that for me, where I keep getting stuck is the fact that I, I couldn't, at least in my experiences with therapy and knowing people who, you know, personally who are uh, professional licensed therapists, it just seems too specific language um, to gear it directly towards one person. If those are your relationship boundaries, are you only fucking dating surfers? Like, are you only dating people who surf so they cannot surf with men? Or is it because you were in this situation where you were dating a surfer that you were using these quote unquote boundaries to control what she does when really a more realistic boundary is not that this is healthy, but I don't want you to spend time one-on-one with a man. It feels like an insecurity thing. And that's what I think it is. I think, you know, he used the word boundaries because no one wants to be the person who crosses a boundary. And I think it's also a little predatory towards women because women tend to be more cognizant of those things and empathetic towards those things. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it, to me, it was very targeted and almost predatory. Yeah. I don't understand why, if these are things that you personally are struggling with as as a man or as just a partner in general, then it really seems like you're going into the lion's den, getting into a relationship with somebody who does all these things that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And and I, I looked at her Instagram earlier and there's a lot of other female celebrities that post much racier content. She's literally just posting pictures of herself surfing. And what is she going to wear when she surfs? Some kind of bathing suit. Like they're not even what I would consider a thirst trap or anything like that. And that's her whole Instagram. So there's no way that this is something that he didn't know about beforehand. And in fact, it's probably something that he liked getting into this relationship. Right. That's the irony, right? He actually messaged her in response to something she posted like that was kind of very early on in their relationship so he was at every point aware of her social media presence just because a woman's in a relationship doesn't mean she can't post a picture in a bikini or post a thirst trap or want to be fun with her with her friends like it's just like our overarching message of this was like a man trying to control a woman in the relationship and the woman just has to act like the sidekick battered wife and not live her life that's right and and to be clear these are not boundaries that Jonah Hill has, because like you were saying, Erica, a boundary is protection for you yourself as an individual against things in the outside world, whether it's people being rude to you or people pushing you farther than you're comfortable with in a relationship too fast or something like that. When therapists talk about boundaries, it's you to the world. And what he's doing here is just placing restrictions on another person, what they can do. So he's he's used, he's twisting that language around and, and turning it back onto her to say, you can't do these things, you can't do these things. Maybe there's a, a particular guy that is in her friend's group that maybe is being a little too flirty with her. And that's not her fault, but that's something as a couple you can have a discussion about. Mm-hmm. It's just indicative of what you said, Kirk, that clearly this is a man who is very insecure. And I think that's okay, but you have to recognize that. And I think it's understandable why someone like Jonah Hill would be insecure. But again, 
you have to recognize that in yourself and realize it's not the other person's fault. And it's also not their responsibility to coddle you and your insecurities. Like I can't imagine him sitting or anyone sitting down with a therapist being like, my girlfriend posts pictures in a bikini. My girlfriend has friends that surf and she surfs, blah, blah, blah. blah. And the therapist being like, oh, I think what you should do is mm -hmm. go to her and be like, don't post the picture in the bikini. <laughs> don't hang out with your friends. Don't blah, blah, blah. Don't surf anymore. Don't be in that culture. It's just like, I can't imagine a, a, a good therapist saying that. I actually don't know if there's a factor that this man is talking about. I think he's just speaking in therapy speech. We don't even know if he was going to a therapist, do we? Yes, oh, no. We made a documentary about it. Never mind. <laughs> Yes, we I miss that to that point, though. Again, we don't know what's happening in his therapy session. So we well, we do. Know it's, it's on, on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know if if this is stuff that he picked up from his therapist. His therapist may be blameless. Like we don't know what other types of books or other type of oh, content yeah. he's consuming. That makes him interpret or, this yeah. way. But or it could be with a different therapist. Anyway, th I think the, the story is men need to chill when it comes to using boundaries in this way in therapy speech. Like it's really the opposite of a boundary. A boundary is not telling someone what they can't do. A boundary is like, what is the boundary? No, not restriction. That's not a boundary. That's just nothing. It just, you can't do it. A boundary is like a general guideline. Like these are yeah. the boundaries. Try not to cross them. And that's fine. But if you like to say, this is the perimeter of my house, that's a boundary to say you can only stand in this you know, three square foot space, that's like trying to trap someone in. For me, I get really riled up about these things because as someone who, um, like I've been to therapy in the past, but I think to be honest, this is the first time that I'm taking therapy so seriously and really taking things to heart. Um, it's one of those things where like therapy should be an experience where you learn how to deal with the external by building up your internal self. Um, and I think that that's something that gets construed a lot is that people think, oh, well, you know, therapy is me standing up for myself. And I do think that like, you know, we're talking about Jonah Hill in this situation and Jonah Hill was vilified, you know, and we can go back and forth and whether or not it was, you know, appropriate. But I think that when it comes to the everyday things, I have encountered men who, you know, love to talk about how much therapy they go to. And by the way, to anyone listening to the listeners DM, if someone is excessively talking about how much therapy they go to early on into dating, they will be ghosting you, girl, or they will put you through hell. Because I, again, it's one of those things where I think that they say, you know, therapy, 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 almost to create a sense of comfort of, you know, I'm working on myself and I'm Everything that I'm doing is coming from a place of me trying to better myself. And so if you if you kind of step towards those boundaries, well, then you are hurting me. Um, and I think it's super toxic. And I think it really unfortunately focuses on all the ways that we want to take therapy seriously. And I think that's what's so hard is no one wants to be in a situation where people are saying, your therapy experience is invalid or what you're saying that you glean from therapy is incorrect when you might not agree, but 
that doesn't mean that it's inherently wrong or false. But in these situations, you know, it's so convoluted and construed that it's really hard to say this is legitimate therapy speech and this is toxic therapy speech. Um, We just don't have the background and we don't know the conversation. So it's unfortunately kind of hidden in shadows and it's hard for people to really track what's real and what's not. But it does seem like some kind of pattern of bad behavior and and not just a one-off thing for him. An actress named Alexa Nicholas, who has been on Zoe 101, Nickelodeon, <gasps> oh my um, God. The Walking Dead, ER, Without a Trace, Criminal Minds, a couple other things. She recently accused Jonah Hill of assaulting her at a party that took place at Justin Long's house. She is alleging when she was 16 and Hill was 24, she was being served alcohol and accuses Hill of pushing her up against a wall and trying to forcibly make out with her. So it just seems like Jonah Hill has a pattern of bad behavior towards women, treating women like objects, basically to serve them and their needs. They're not? As a woman, that is my role, so... I, I would like to say to play devil av- devil's advocate here that no one asked for is like, I hate when people come out 95 years later when someone's trending with something else and then say that they were also this X, Y, Z. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying it's a pet well, peeve of mine. You know, I think there the, is. And I, I think part of it too is like the text, like what is everyone's thoughts on sharing to X's text on social media? Like it's becoming a thing now. And some, pe- some of these women who are, some people, it's not just women, but like BB Rexa did it after getting her phone thrown in her face where I was really rooting for her. And then like a week later, she like posted texts that were like about her ex-boyfriend after he asked if she thought she gained, after she asked him if she thought she gained weight and he was like in the nicest way said yes. But like she asked and she basically said, I have gained like X amount of weight. And then he admitted it. And then she's like airing him out on social media and it kind of backfired on her. Well, I think that's, the answer though, right? Is when it's something that right. egregiously bad, it kind right. of answers itself. Do I agree that you should be sharing your private information publicly? No, but you can't stop people, right? But the accountability that comes from it, and I hate to say it, but it just kind of feels like a messy part of Hollywood. Uh, that being said though, if we've dated and you leak any of our text, I will eviscerate you and I will not be kind. I think it's kind of a gray area. Yes, this could be seen as an invasion of privacy on the part of Sarah Brady. And also it is, it's messy. I mean, no matter how you look at it, it's messy. But to me, what I think in in the context of this particular situation, you know, I agree with you, Kirk, that most of the time it seems like it's messy or it's attention seeking, or it, it's just there to create drama. Um, and it's, unnecessary. But in this case, because of the commentary that Sarah Brady added to these stories, it seems that she was doing this because this was her only avenue maybe to talk about this. And she wanted to share her experience with her followers and other women to bring this issue to light. And I wonder too, if she already knew that there was this pattern of bad behavior from Jonah Hill. And it was also kind of warning other people out there away from Jonah Hill specifically. Let the church pray for Jonah Hill's career. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I know, literally. Yeah, this is not like going to sure. really affect anything for him. On <laughs> Honestly, I think Jonah Hill will tank his own career. I think Jonah Hill will star in a movie about surf culture soon, probably. <laughs> oh my God. 
Honestly, my only request is whatever he's doing with his hair, please stop. I don't know. Does he know that Seth Rogen already exists? That's what I say. I really think that they are fully interchangeable. Last month, future EGOT, Kiki Palmer. Girl, what the hell is an EGOT? An EGOT, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony winner. Kirk, I've never heard that before. What? I think you just Maggie, like- thank you for your face, right? I okay. have 100% heard that before. Yeah, girl. Okay, I don't watch award shows, so. Whatever, Unless people girl. get punched. Future EGOT, Kiki Palmer, was brought on stage at an Usher concert in Las Vegas in a black sheer Givenchy dress. A few days later, Darius Jackson, most known for his role as Kiki Palmer's sperm donor, (laughs) tweeted, It's the outfit, though, dot, 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 you a mom. The tweet resulted in pretty mixed feelings due to many people thinking that he couldn't be serious. So naturally, he doubled down by further tweeting, We live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others and he gets told how much of a hater he is the internet rallied behind kiki naturally although i'm pretty confident that it's because no one knew who that man was <laughs> well you know i knew who he was because he's from philadelphia and there was is like some really? girl t- yeah so like some kid the kid that i dated actually um like knew him somehow but anyway because when the, when he started dating kiki i'm like i love kiki i'm a huge kiki fan when he started dating kiki my this kid i used to date follows him and i was like what so i I did some stalking and they know each other but anyway he's from philly and some woman made a tiktok that was like this is why all men from philly fucking suck when this happened i was like get the fuck out of here bitch but honestly i agree agree. (laughs) but it did spark a greater conversation about toxic masculinity and the many ways in which men publicly shame women much like Jonah, well, I guess Jonah Hill didn't do it publicly, uh, especially mothers for just living their best lives. This is one of those situations where the women largely came out unscathed. What is your opinion on the situation and the fact that there are men who try to publicly shame women as a tool for controlling them? I'm asking a question, but first I'm going to answer it. Um, I think the craziest part of all this is like, take a step back. At first, if this man's uncomfortable with his girlfriend dancing on Usher, or his wife, it's not his wife, his girlfriend dancing on Usher, she just had a baby. Like, okay, if he's annoyed by it, which I think is weird and insecure, to have that conversation at home, number one. But he claims that he did that because she publicly embarrassed him by doing this on video at a concert that the whole world saw. And to him, that is demasculizing. I can't even say the word because I hate it. But it basically emasculated him. And he now is like, I'm going to do the same thing to her, I guess. But if you like take a step back, it's like, yeah, she is a mom, the mother of your children, that child that you're now like publicly shaming that your child can now see one yeah. day and see how much of a fucking loser you are. Anyway, so I just think the whole the whole way he went about it was was stupid. But then I guess he was saying I can do this because she did this to me. But um, it's just, again, another example of him trying to hide behind morals and the family. And really, he's just um, embarrassed, I guess, that he feels like he's emasculated by his woman being hot. If anything, I'd be like, you a mom and you look hot as fuck. You just had a baby like two months ago and you look fucking incredible. That's what he should have tweeted. Well, that was the thing though. When the, when the tweet initially went out, I, it didn't blow up because I think at the same time, Kiki Palmer, and I think she just released that line where like she had all the shirts that said mother. And so they thought that he was kind of like winking at it. Like, Hey, like this is this thing that she's kind of been saying a lot in the press and so everyone was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then, you know, he doubles down. There's so many conversations to have about how we treat postpartum women, whether they be celebrities or, you know, everyday women, 
On top of that, my thing is, if you are one of those men who thinks he falls in the quote unquote real man trademark camp. I would love to know what real man means to him because I don't agree with this, but I don't know if he has a job. Girl. Isn't that a real man thing? You know, it's a real man thing. Not fucking biting the hand that feeds you, brother, because I've been calling you Kiki's baby daddy until I started doing the research for this episode. I didn't know that, man. I wish she would have quote tweeted him and she's like, yes, I am a mom and you my son, bitch. Just kidding. He could have an income, but it's definitely not Kiki's income. Anyway, not no, the point. But, um, but anyway. is the point because because the defense of like a, of someone who agrees with this would be like, he's the man of the house. Okay. Well, you always say that means he's the, you know, caretaker of the house. And the, you mean the breadwinner, the breadwinner, not winner, even and, the caretaker. Not, I know, but he's not. And well, and that's the thing though. It's, you know, Kiki Palmer is, and she's not a working mom in the same way that the everyday person is a that working mom. That you're a working mom. I am a mother. <laughs> Bitch, I'm a mother. You are a working mother. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, come on, man. Like, this is the mother of your child. And as a man, you have to know that you are putting in a third of the effort that she is into parenting. And I think most women would agree on that. Um, And so to bash her for wanting to go out and have some fun and we've all seen Usher shows. He brings a girl up. He dances on her. Like, it's just. Well, now it's so funny. Now when he's doing it still with like famous women in the situation, like they're like some of them are being so corny and like they won't accept it. Like these like women, I'm, someone, someone famous did this was like, oh, no, I'm not going to dance with you because I'm in a relationship. Like, you're so corny. Like, it's a fucking show. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, not to say that any celebrity o- owes us anything, but it's no. like people can recognize that it's just one celebrity bringing up another celebrity to add to the show. Yeah. Um, And that's the other thing. It's like, all right, Kiki Palmer's baby daddy, like she's an entertainer. Right. And she's been doing this for years, ever since she was out there in the Nickelodeon studios on her grind. Bottoms up. Was that before True Jackson VP? I don't know what it was and where it wasn't, but she she deserves a Grammy for Bottoms Up and an Emmy for True Jackson VP. Honestly. As as we speak of Kiki Palmer, which I would love to do every week, everyone needs to go watch her interview of Vice President Harris. It is hilarious. She interviewed her on a podcast. That is a dream guest for for me. Not Kamala Harris. Um, (laughs) Kiki Palmer. (laughs) Kiki Palmer is a dream guest for me. Kamala can come too if she wants. Do not come. Do not come. Okay, well, back to Darius Rucker or whatever this man's name is. Darius. Why are you calling him Darius Rucker too? <laughs> Darius. That's offensive Darius, to Darius, Darius Rucker. Darius fucker. That's what we're going to call him. Darius Well, his fucker. name is fucking Darius Jackson Kirk, so. Oh, right. Uh, I've been well, calling him Darius Rucker. I don't want to see that man anywhere near Philadelphia ever again until he apologizes to Kiki Palmer on Twitter. And then he has to go to an Usher concert and wear the same Givenchy dress and dance with Usher. <gasps> I would that pay is the so repayment. much money to I don't know see what that. His, I don't know if he's hot. I don't know what this man looks like. But if he's hot, he should go do that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Problematic. He literally looks like a great value Andrew Tate. I'm not even kidding. Look Wait, him up. What? He looks like a big lots Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is already a discount man. Guys, stop. His profile on Instagram is just a dad. That's kind of iconic because it's literally all he is. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for the listeners who are invested, last time I checked, they are not following each other on Instagram anymore, so they are no longer mutuals. But wait, it makes me one of the yeah. She put out she put out merch like the next day. She capitalized off it. But I think what sucks is actually because I do follow her career and she was on the View, another show I watch every day. So she was on the View and she was talking about how she's like the first like she was just gleaming with love for this man. That was like a week before. 
So it was kind of sad. Like, I do feel really bad for her because she, this must have, this like just happened because of that, because they, like a week prior, they were like fully fine. Both of these stories, Jonah Hill and this other guy whose name isn't even worth mentioning because he's fucking nobody. He's currently fucking nobody, yeah. Oh, Eat him up. Yeah, yeah. This is what <laughs> Just happens. Kidding. Just this Darius, we want to have you on the show, actually. I yes, would love yes. to have Darius on the show. Darius, please call in. Both of these are so indicative of where straight men are at in this country and yeah. just the Western world as a whole. And I know that we're planning some upcoming episodes about the manosphere, but that's where all this shit comes from. It's kind of leaked out. Not Andrew secretly planning episodes about the manosphere. We've <laughs> talked about this. We've talked about this. He's trying Says to start, He's like, we'll give you this one episode. We should talk men, but the rest of it's going to be me talking about the manosphere. <laughs> but this is this is where all this language comes from. It's the same thing as like this generation of females. We need to go back to these traditional values. And the straight white man is now the minority. And this is a perfect example. Like it's not, but that's how they act. They're, they're, yeah. They are the one being oppressed. And it's the perfect example of straight men being like, we are oppressed. So we're going to now lash out in these moments where we feel like we need to defend ourselves. And I think- it's it's all coming from a place of misunderstanding and resisting the progress and change that's being yep. made in the world where men, especially straight men and especially straight white men, are certainly feeling like they're less important and they're less needed in the world than than they assumed. Because they are. Exactly. And if they and, and, just, well, they aren't. Would you let the straight white man talk? No, <laughs> they aren't. But I will say that's the point of Barbie. If anyone wants to go watch it, these straight cis white men won't go watch it because they don't under fucking understand what it's about. But it's about that everyone's equal, kind of. That's I like what I left the movie with. <laughs> I think these men are reacting to this new place in life where there is more equality. I mean, it was just default that if you were a man, then you were automatically respected. You were automatically listened to no matter who you are, or where you're, what your station in life was. And now that that isn't as much of the case, these men are feeling lost and wrongfully they're feeling oppressed, but it's just the world changing and men are not the de facto leaders of everything anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's a reaction. I also think if, like, you flipped both of these ser- scenarios, um, like, if two months after they had this baby, Darius was at a concert, a um, Sierra concert, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think of the same level as Usher, someone who's, like, relevant but not relevant. Usher, like, <gasps> Sierra. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm kidding. Sierra would have a residency in Las Vegas at this point. Yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with that. People, that's not like, a, they don't put them at the pastor anymore like they used to, but I think that um, people have Vegas residencies. I'm just saying, like, he, she dances and stuff and she would do something like this, like, all seriousness. If he was at her show and he was picked for whatever reason to dance with her and, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, not one eye would have been bad. Not Kiki would oh, not have yeah. tweeted like you a dad. Like no, never, never would have. I don't care who it is, never would have happened. And same thing if Jonah Hill wanted to go surfing with his friends every Saturday and was into surf culture, this woman never would have been like, hey, I don't like you posting on Instagram, you in your board shorts on your on your surfboard with your friends. That just never would have happened. It's because we're told so early not to do that. Yeah, where, but also you, know, you shouldn't do that. Like it's just like not. Let's not. Yeah, do that. I mean, I know, but you it's that, also but. like what you're conditioned to, right? Exactly. But it's a, they all think they're being so um, emasculated, but you're, you're, you're not. Just like, it's actually pretty masculine to acknowledge your woman in a way that it doesn't make you inferior. Like you think yes. it does. You already kind of said it earlier, Kirk, like she's had a kid. Having a child is very, very difficult. 
you finally get to that point where you can go out and you can do something again, you want to have fun and you have fun and you should be thrilled that the mother of your child is feeling good again and having a good time for herself. And, you know, just enjoy watching her dance. And she's not fucking the man on stage. Like literally she was just dancing around in this dress, sang a a verse with him and moved on with her life. Literally moved on with her life. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. And I think that's what connects both of these for me, is that these lines that are being set here are so arbitrary by the men. They're just setting up these lines, not because they necessarily care about that thing, but they just want to have control over the situation. That's just my opinion. They talk like these are these universal truths. In, in these text messages, Jonah Hill kept framing it in such a way that like, oh, I'm happy for you if this is how you want to live your life. And I'll support you if you want to do these things and you want to surf like this and you want to post these photos. That's your choice. That's totally cool with you. But he's doing it in a way that the subtext is clearly you can't do that if we're together because yes. that's wrong. So yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I can't tell you that you can't live your life like that, but clearly I think that this is the wrong way to live. And then with this Darius guy, you're a mother, like as if this is some universal truth that as soon as you blast a human being out of your front hole, you can't <laughs> dance anymore. Like you're a mother now, that means you have to act a certain way. I think that feeds back into that traditional values mindset that comes from men feeling like they're no longer as in charge as they used to be. Mm -hmm. He also like went the weird route. Like he, not that there was a really good route to go about this one, this Darius man, but like the you a mom thing. I think if he had, if he had just like, that was the weirdest part of it. Like that, that added a whole other layer of like, not like, not, not like you're my girlfriend you a mom meaning like moms can't do that is like almost what added yeah. to it too which is what you're saying to andrew it was like all these it, 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 not, same thing would have been fucked up if you're my girlfriend it would have been like you're so lame i actually think if he had said that it would have been like you're corny like usher's not taking your woman yeah it, and i also think it's a little bit of like i hate saying shit like this but like i think it's true i don't give a shit you can fight me if you think i'm wrong um i do think that like men enjoy the chase of like getting a woman that's admired by so many other men. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally get that woman, it's like with any other status symbol where you just kind of want it to look pretty and you can bring it out when you want to show it off. But God forbid people give the status symbol more attention than you. Or, you know, in the case of Kiki Palmer's baby daddy, we're still trying to figure out who the fuck you are and you think that you have this person. And it's just, to me, it comes from a place of thinking that you have the right to own a woman's time and actions and then quickly realizing that there are women who just aren't about that. And, um, you know, there are women who are totally fine with, you know, falling into those patterns and that's fine too. We should also respect that. But By and large, you can't be shocked when someone continues to be the person they were when they get in a relationship with you. If you fell in love with that person for who they were before you had them, you should continue to feel that way no matter what they do. And that is why, again, brothers and sisters, I would like to call us back to the gospel according to Megan, where she does say, I ain't turning to no bad bitch when you met me. Boy, I've been that.
before we depart, I have a little game that I think we should play. I love this. That I created whilst we were talking. Of course. <laughs> okay, so we're, the game is called, and this is this is because I just came up with the game. I couldn't think of a better title, and this is just the title, and it actually is an iconic title. Would this man let his partner dance with Usher? <gasps> Let's go. <laughs> okay, there's 10 people, so we'll go through pretty quickly, but they're all famous. Okay, but I think I'm at an 11th at the end of this. Okay. Um, Drake. Would Drake let his woman, if he had Girl, one, hell no. Dance with Usher. No. Yeah, I feel like he wouldn't no. either. He would have written six albums about it. Even though, like, he would dance with someone's woman. Yes. <laughs> on stage. Yes. 100%. 100%. After they would. throw their bra at him. Why isn't Drake canceled? Um, Girl, I don't know. We've been trying to figure that out for years. I would fuck Drake. I don't care. I want Drake to say to me, you a mom, and I want to be his child's mom. Anyway, okay, Joe Rogan. Again. Does Joe Rogan have a partner? It doesn't matter, I guess. No, he is, he's married. He has two kids. Oh. I think Joe gosh. Rogan would only be mad because Usher's black. I think Joe Rogan would let his wife dance with Usher if there is a liberal on the podcast he's talking to. But if there's a conservative on the podcast he's talking to, then he would say she can't because he always likes to fucking he loves to go waffle. with the fucking flow. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it, I was going to say it all depends on the guest that he has on the podcast. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yep, that's the truth. Okay, would Bill Clinton let his wife dance with us? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, because he doesn't pay any attention to where his wife is at the time. He doesn't even know what she looks like anymore. <laughs> He's getting some Sloppenheimer somewhere. Stop. That's horrid, Andrew. <laughs> I would love to see Hillary and, and Drake dance on stage. Remember the visual for with the balloons? She's like... <laughs> Dancing with the balloons from DNC. Iconic. Okay. Um, Will Smith. Oh, um, yes, he because he has to. Well, he kind of did. He did let this happen yeah. already with August Delcina. Yeah. But maybe not now. Yeah. Yeah, he would let it happen, but he won't like it. He'll cry about it six years later on the red table talk. <gasps> um Clarence Thomas. Would he let Ginny Thomas dance with Usher? Fuck no. No. Because he hates black people. I would say no, because soon he le- she legally wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay good. um justin bieber this is like a random one i don't know what do you think um yeah just because he doesn't like his fucking wife <laughs> you think he doesn't i they've been so under the radar lately i feel like i don't know what's going on in the bieber household and i need to know i think they're gearing up for a divorce you think yeah i think the engines are starting all right all right we'll we'll, we'll circle back to this one yeah come back for our justin bieber is a shithead episode oh uh, i don't know see i don't know where i stay on him these days either okay andrew tate oh absolutely yeah. not absolutely not <laughs> also i don't Did think you? i don't think andrew tate would ever get married or half anyone in his life to love him i'm gonna be honest i don't think andrew tate would allow a woman in his life out in public let alone an usher concert true okay um would matthew mcconaughey Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. That's exactly what he would say. <laughs> I feel like I like Matthew McConaughey, right? Like, I feel yeah, like for a while I, we were, like, conditioned not to like Matthew McConaughey, but I feel like I like him. Well, because he a did a lot of, like, shitty rom-coms and... Well, I know, but of, I'm talking he, about, like, does he done anything, cr- like, politically weird? Um, no. no he's socially actually, weird he, or well, culturally he's weird? he's actually been kind of getting a little bit weird recently, but not, like, <gasps> not, like, too weird. He's, like, gotten into, like, this, like, self-help space making, like, oh, that's self-help fine. stuff. I can handle that. It's all, like, silly fine. self-help bullshit, that. but I don't think he's actually, not like... Not silly self-help bullshit as we talk about therapy on this podcast. Uh, that's different. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, this was my last one, but I think I have an additional one in my head, but I'm um, coming in my ear through my producer. Um, I have Lindsey Graham. Ooh. I think Lindsey Graham would allow it, and then he would get up on stage and dance with Usher, too. You know, I could see it, honestly. He's one of the girls. Is Lindsey Graham married? Yeah. Yes. 
And is he also Madam Ladybug? <laughs> Andrew, that's that is an episode we need to do. Yes. Fully. Wait, that's so funny. Um, last one was gonna be I was gonna say, would this man let his his woman, but I'm gonna flip it and say, would Candace Owens let her husband dance with Drake? You mean Usher? Uh, Usher, uh, yeah, sorry. Girl, first of all, he's been doing it on the slick anyway. She's probably glad they're not fucking. Candace Owens talked about this topic on her show. She like showed video of her at a concert the week before and was like, this is how you act at a concert as a celebrity. This is not how you act at a concert as a celebrity. And I was like, girl, first off, let's figure out who are you with the celebrity Thank word. Thank you. That's what I was. I was like, what celebrity are you talking about, Candy? She's not getting up on that stage. No, she would do it with like Jason Aldean or something, though, but not sure. Try that in a small town. <gasps> Try that in a small town. <laughs> She would not be allowed to dance with Jason Aldean in a small town. That is very true, especially the one he's from. It's like the number one racist county in America. Um, speaking of country music, before it closes out, and toxic masculinity, I went to this Luke Combs concert this weekend, which was totally fine. He's actually not that problematic as of right now, but by the time this podcast comes out, a country singer gets canceled every week, so he might do something stupid. But um, one of the openers' name was Riley Green. He was beautiful. But I was like, this man's so hot that there's something obviously problematic with him. And b- before I could even Google him, the person next to me told me as he sang a lyric, the original lyric is, I wish every cooler had a Bud Light. And when he performed it live, he changed it to Bush Light because he will no longer talk about Bud Light. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Snowflakes. Truly. All right. Well, that was a little game we like to play every week, which is, would you let your partner dance with Usher on stage? Yes, we do play that every week. <laughs> Brothers, sisters, and all the siblings in between, I encourage the followers of the Hottie Bible to remain vigilant in a world that tries to tear us down at every turn. Ladies and gentlemen, may your ass stay fat and your bag secured. The word of the stallion. I'm Andrew. I'm Kirk. And I'm Erica. It didn't happen if the dick ain't snapping. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, Leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes. 